on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. To you, wherever you may be, welcome to yet another edition of the Orient Hours. We enter uh, season seven, and in the studio tonight, we're joined by a, a gang of four. And we have to my right, as I look, Mr. Barry Galvin. Good evening, Barry. Evening, Andy. And Howard Gould. Evening, Andy. We have the ladies' manager, Danny Martin, in the uh, studio. Good evening. Good evening, mate. And uh, just say, move the microphone. It's Darren Burrows. Welcome back, Darren. Good evening, Andy. Good and to be you've back. been you've been sunning yourself, haven't you? And uh, where was it? Croatia. I've had a little family holiday, Andy. Yes, thank you for uh, for, for didn't stop there. moaning, did you? It was the accommodation. <laughs> Spent two weeks moaning abroad. <laughs> Go on. Well, I'm good at it, Andy. Aren't I? Yeah, well, you are an expert. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got a lot to moan about. Thirty-eight years spent in late or in or forty-two. Yeah, and and you you didn't like your hotel, did you? I, the hotel was lovely, Andy, but I'm just done with hotels. Just apartments, I think, from now yeah, on. Yeah, a bit of freedom. So, yeah, just, just, just listen, there's nothing wrong with the hotel. It's a beautiful place. And if you get to visit Kaftat in Croatia, um, yeah. it is, it's fantastic. So, uh, But we've had a, a nice rest. I'm Good. looking forward to the uh, next couple uh, of weeks. And you're up for it now. Oh, always up for it, Andy. Good man. Is, is it the being naked most of the time that you don't <laughs> you object the hotel thing? You know, They don't like it. They never told me it wasn't the nudist hotel bell till I got there, mate. You know. There you go. Always read the small This is deteriorating <laughs> before we start. <laughs> now then. Now then. Barry. Right. You were at uh, Orient for both the, um, the previous practice two matches. Games. Yes, the JE3 and uh, also last night's uh, against uh, Last Portsmouth. night's Goldfest. Goldfest. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's go back to Saturday, first of all, which was a, a, a better result, obviously, all round for everybody. Um and your first impression of the match? I think Saturday's an easier one to judge because it was more of our first team more of the time. Um, so you could see the starting 11, uh, albeit with one or two exceptions. And, and yeah, we looked, we looked reasonably good. I mean, it, again, it's Tottenham Development Squad, under-23s, whatever you want to call them. A couple of names that you might recognise on their team sheet. But we looked, you know, whoever the opposition is, we looked good in possession um, and looked like they knew each other, which is always a bonus. You know, because they've got some relatively new faces. I do like the look of George Moncur in the midfield, really do, and that's from both matches. He's a player that he kind of wants the ball, and he knows he knows where he's going to be, what he wants to do, and he's demanding the ball, and he's always looking to turn and pass forward. 
Um, I really quite, you know, remind me of this at the end of the season if it all goes wrong, but I'm really quite looking forward to seeing him play a season because he's a very good player. Um, last night was really hard to judge because um, we made, I think it was eight changes at half-time, mm. uh, being 2-1 down. And I say 2-1 down, but Shad's Ogie's goal, if anyone's seen it, the own goal was just <laughs> Magnificent. It was incredible, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the two, well, not Lawrence, he was outside his, his, his goal and, and Shad just passed it straight back into the net. So that aside, we can laugh because it's a friendly, it's okay. Chaps, it's okay. Listen, but if you're a defender, you're going to score an own goal eventually, aren't if you? If you're going to do one, yeah. do it in a Do one properly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and make, it, make it comical. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, so realistically, it would have been one all at, uh, under any other circumstances. And um, we play reasonably well. Portsmouth have got some good players. Mm. I think they had uh, their, their main sort of team out. Um, a couple of players of note, I think, um, uh, number 11, number 24, they're pretty decent on the ball. Um, so, yeah, looking good. Then eight changes. And then Portsmouth made the same sort of amount of changes halfway through the second half so later than us so really it became a, uh, a yeah. mix and match we had three trialists um, of which I'm going to say I don't know who they were I really don't but number 28 looked, looked pretty good um, <laughs> it's not really good me saying that is it because no one no, knows no one knows but whoever he was yep <laughs> if uh, it turns out to be 28 he gets signed I'll uh, tick for myself but um, hmm. other than that it was yeah, hard to you tell you mentioned really. Moncur and Howard um the pressure's on Moncur a bit because we are expecting good things, aren't we? I mean, he's cost money. He's, 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 he's you know, obviously a big, bigger pay packet time for the club. And the pressure is on the guy to perform. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, I think he's playing within himself, the, the games I've seen. I obviously watched it on, uh, on YouTube last night and I was at the Spurs game and the other games he's played. I don't think he's playing at 100% yet. I think he's playing well within himself. Um, so yes, I think he's got a lot to offer. He's certainly put a free kick away, uh, as as he said he would do. So he stood up mm. to it there and did that. Although he missed the penalty, so uh, that's a bit of a worry. Mm. Uh, we still need to find a penalty taker. But um, we're not no, judging him on one, surely. No, no, no. <laughs> you're not going to well, condemn him you know, over that one. <laughs> you, you, you've got to put your pens away, haven't you? Yeah, well, you have. Uh, but, Nuk- um, I know Nakruma put one away in the Harringay game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's playing within himself, what I've seen. He, he doesn't look like he's pelting at 100% yet, which I don't suppose they all are. They've probably not been told not to do that. They're, they're just building up to it. Um, but, yeah, we are expecting good stuff from him. I think it will, I think it will come, yeah. You think it will deliver? Yeah, I think so. I mean, did you see both matches, down? Didn't, I'm afraid, see the Spurs one, Andy, no. Um, that one passed me by. But I did see the highlights. I just saw the goal. Uh, agree, agree with Howard's assessment, uh, but I think that's just a professional Howard, isn't it? Managing his own body, which you know he, he's seasoned pro. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, he looks a little bit heavy, but I think that just might be the way he's set. That might be his body. Yeah, he's, quite he's chunky, isn't he? Um, but uh, chunky, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say he's been at the gym a lot, and I don't think you, I don't think you'll thank you for saying chunky. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with him, mine. But uh, yeah, no, like I said, I, I think he's got a lot, lot to offer yet, and. Um, it's interesting when uh, Richie comes out and says we're still looking for a midfielder. Where mm. we picked up Moncur, we picked up um, Georgiou. Um, Clay's coming back, uh, yet we're still looking for another midfielder, which I thought we mm. were quite sorted in there now. But, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. You, you want that from your manager, like, don't you? You want your manager to be constantly <laughs> looking for players. You, you want your manager to want what he wants. And um, I think that, that we do need it, I agree. I think we do need one more. I was just say that Ethan Coleman played particularly well last night in the first half. I thought half, so. You know, really yeah. did. And yeah. you know, if we had a couple of so-so performances at the end of last season, I think we'll mm. all agree. 
Last night he looked like the player that we thought we were getting. Well, Ethan's been inconsistent, but he's still learning his trade. He's still a young man. I think we have to accept that in his game. Yeah, he looked like he really stepped up last night. Well, I mean, they've paid out good money for, for our, our level, a good money for him, and you, you would think that they must see something there that, you know, I, I, it may be something you've got to sit on for I a year. I think there's a player you know? in there, Andy. I think yeah. there's a player. Well, we've seen that before with other people. You see a, there's a player in there, he's getting the player out. I mean, uh, that's, that's always the problem. getting him out consistently. That's yeah, it. When, well, when, the, when the lad plays well, he's good. Listen, if they were consistent every week, they wouldn't be at League Two, would I totally they? So agree they, with they, that. they? Totally agree They've got to be, you know, maybe 35 out of 46 and... Is okay, but I mean, at the top level, of course, it's basically 40. But when you're young and you're inconsistent and you're in League Two, that's how you get out of League Two by finding that consistency, and we get the benefit of that, hopefully. Yeah, but we're not going to find out until he's given a run of games, are we? No, no, it's a catch 22, isn't it? Exactly. He's got to be given the chance, and then you've got Brown as well, who's. uh, Do you think, though, I I, I don't think Coleman would be in his starting 11 at the moment? Uh, it doesn't look like it. We'll find out probably on uh, Saturday because uh, Wellen said that it's going yeah, to be gonna listen to pretty to much Richard the team, minute. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Saturday, as we look at it, apart from the forward line, which is a bit of a, bit of a mess at the moment. But um, well, well, we'll have a listen to Richie and then we'll dissect that. And then we'll, um, we'll also talk about the injuries that have been occurring. Yeah. We had a little touch on this last week. We talked about that and uh, get your view on that as well. But in the meantime, this is uh, Dave Victor speaking last night to Richie Wellens after the match. Richie, thanks for joining us. What were your thoughts after a, a difficult evening against a very good Portsmouth side? Well, I, have to, I think you have to put things into context. I thought first 45 minutes we was more than a match for them. I thought first 15 minutes we was the better team and then we score a horrific own goal, which is probably what happens a lot of pre-season games where, listen, they press us and at times you overplayed. But um, I think if you look at the chances first half, I think we probably had more than them. Um, their keepers pulled off some really good saves we looked, when we got the ball to the top end of the pitch we looked like a decent team um, and then the second half we've invited three trialists today to play they've not, they've not met the lads they've turned up today and our second team second half team is obviously a mixture of trialists youth team lads first 15 minutes of the second half when they kept their first team on and we obviously changed our team at half time was men against boys and I think they scored two quick goals in that time um, and I think the lads done okay the last 20 minutes they kept in there but I think obviously their subs weakened them as well so um, you said a difficult night I mean we've got out of it what we want we have to where we're at the moment we have to limit to 45 minutes each we didn't want any more injuries with it with the heat um, we know roughly what our team's going to be at the moment for the start of the season um, and they will play 75-80 minutes against against Dagenham so it's part of the process um, I would like to think that if we get in that situation against Grimsby we're not going to overplay in a bad area we're just going to put in an area for the opposition to defend so um, scoreline can be listen they could have had more but we could have had a lot more goals as well we, we were playing with no nine I thought Paul Smythe acquitted himself really well he gives us uh, food for thought in that area um, and I felt a little bit at times for the second half team with Craig Clay with uh, Dan Happ and Ruel because obviously that that second half team wasn't a team it was just a way to mean and we invited some trialists and we got some of the youth team players to, to come in to, to, to fulfil the 45 minutes It was a special strike from Paul Smith Quite sharp he does them kind of things in, in training where he takes it on one foot and he gets his shot off quickly with the other foot so um, we're really happy with him um, both as a personality he's bubbly he's, he's, he's loud um, and we love him to bits and obviously when he plays He's got. He always seems to score here, so um, he's got special attributes in League Two. He should be playing higher. We just need to keep him fit. And it's been a long road back for Dan Happy. He would have enjoyed that goal. 
Yeah, I mean, both him and Craig, we're going to have times where the the obviously they're down because they're not playing to the level that they want to be. We've told them that. We've explained that that's I've come back for myself from long injuries. Um, but we're happy with where they're at. I think probably both at least two or three weeks ahead of where where we expect them to be. So um, we're happy with them. But at the moment, we, we, we're probably going to have to go with Dan Hap um, to start the start of the season. We need another midfield player in because we're light in that area. Um, because we don't want to push Craig too too much too early. So obviously I've spoke to you, we're trying to get a nine. Hopefully we'll have a nine in the next couple of days. Um, I was open to get more clarification on that today. Um, I have, but it's it's still roughly the same percentages. Um, and then we need a midfield player. Talking about the difficulties, it's about the hottest day of the year. In terms of conditions tonight and in behind closed doors, what did you think? I actually thought the night was OK. I mean, listen, it's hot, but we've all been out today. It's been... It's been... Um, it's been extremely hot what some of the, I think it's the hottest day ever recorded here so that in itself explains how hot it is um, but I think when we actually got here it was okay once the, 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 obviously the stand started making shade for the sun it went okay the first half team was a lot more difficult I think the second half teams it was it was um, not bad conditions I understand the supporters club made a large donation for the new floodlights we saw them tonight it's a huge improvement yeah well obviously some of our Tuesday games last year is dark um, so it's a huge improvement I believe they do a little bit of a show so hopefully we can you know give the supporters more of a they're not just coming here for the game they actually get an experience and that's something that we want to improve you know Mark Devlin's working hard on the match day experience it's something that we want to take forward and and make sure our supporters enjoy the football, but obviously enjoy what goes on before and after the game as well. There's one big game coming up on Saturday against Dagenham Rebbish before the kickoff in Grimsby Town. Yeah, I think this is the game that you, you always highlight. Um, you don't usually get a game when you, you're making a whole change at 45 minutes and, and things like that when the season starts getting to, to the crunch time. So we'll be picking our strongest 11. I would imagine the 90% of the lads that start against against Dagenham will be the team that we go with uh, against Grimsby so um, yeah it's, it's nice that we're getting to the back end of the pre-season because I'm not a big lover of it I think it's, a lot of it is false um, the lads have worked hard um, we've played probably three or four games when we've worked hard on the morning or the day before the game so they've got through that and, and we're you know, like I say we're two three short but we're in a good place Saturday too early for Harry Smith yeah what about a couple of the other absentees? Yeah, Julian will be the same. I would imagine Jordan Brown might be in contention for the Grimsby game, if not the week after. Um, but again, it's just highlights. You, you look at you look at our start. If we've got, I think, probably 16, 17 players, if you include Harry Smith and Aaron in that. So if you take them out, that's 14 outfield players. In the second half team, Craig, Dan Hap, and Ruel was part of that. Beneath that, we've got young kids who are learning the trade. So we do need a couple more in just to, to make sure that if we do pick up a little bit of injuries, then we're, we're there and we, we, we might come down 5%, but we're not coming down 15 20%. Good luck with the hunt. Thanks Thank for your time. You. Thank you. Well, there you go. That was uh, Richie Wellens and Dave Victor talking last night. And uh, he made the point that he's got to bring a couple of seniors in because uh, he doesn't want to be down that many percent if he gets, gets any injuries. And, of course, the injuries... Have been raising their head from uh, early doors, haven't they, Darren? Yeah, I have, and uh, it's a concern. I think we, we're all sharing at the moment, Andy. Um, we've touched on it, haven't we? Uh, the last show, and 
I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we've got to look at it. We've got to look at the training regime. We've got to look at the the way the players warm down. There's a lot to be looked at because it's not the first time either. You know, we, we went into last season in, in a similar situation with a lot of players out injured, and yeah, it's a concern, Andy. Well, you say, I mean, you're absolutely right. You, you to say about the fitness, is it? I mean, you got, you know, our fingers being pointed here, Darren, because, you know, it seems to be an extraordinary amount of uh, injuries. Now, is that more to do with overtraining, wrong training programs, or the fact that we've been playing on too many artificial pitches? Right, the honest truth of the answer is I don't know. We've got Danny on tonight, and hopefully Danny can give us some insight, perhaps, into that. I don't know, but I don't want to sort of ask too much of you, sir, but... I, I think you've got to ask questions, Andy. You, you, the questions have to be asked. That's the one thing I would say. Looking inside any business, and everyone is a business, whether, whether we like it or not. We all love the club as a sport, but there's a financial issue now with the budget, I would have thought, because we've got, what, eight, nine out now? Mm. So if we want to get, as Richie wants to get a couple in, which he clearly needs, we, 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 have we got a budget for that? How, how are we going to do that? I think it's caused us a lot of problems at the worst possible time, really. Um, so I think I think the club have got to take a... Uh, someone in the club has got to take a look. Someone's got to ask some questions. And someone's got to make sure that there's a programme in place to make sure that, that this doesn't happen again. Right, well, let's let's bring Danny in. Before we go on t- uh, to talk about the uh, ladies' set-up per se, um, if that microphone's collapsing on you, there's a there's a, um, a tightening thing there, you know? Uh, you can tighten it up, and it shouldn't collapse on you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, while you sort it out, I'll just uh, speak to... Uh, is that good enough for you? Yeah, I think that works. That works, OK. Right, there we go. Now, we're talking about these plastic pitches. Let's let's yeah. just uh, digress from the ladies for a moment. And uh, we know you've you've had a, an extensive uh, coaching career, and that includes uh, being at clubs where they have got the plastic pitches. Now, what's the main problems with those for you? Um, again, this is just my honest opinion, is I honestly believe that even though these pitches are good because it kind of, in a way, guarantees a bit more games going on, um, when look at the poor weather and stuff like that, a lot of games tend to get called off, or and these these pitches allow us to carry on because the drainage is so good. Um, but I do feel sometimes that these pitches they don't allow room for movement in the joints and stuff like that, and I think that sometimes bringing injuries on further. Yeah, I mean hamstring seems to be a a favourite of these pitches, doesn't it? It seems to claim uh, several victims. Yeah, I mean it's, again. This is going to just my my opinion, just from being in and around these surfaces. I, d- I do think that as as good as these are, um, obviously you have hybrid pitches as, as as we've spoken about in the break, and and the pitches that obviously the four Gs and stuff like that. Sometimes they don't give enough. That's that's my honest opinion, mm. um, and that's just that's kind of way I've, I've always seen them. That you imagine that you're going say a, a good speed after a ball, and all of a sudden you, you don't land correctly, and it just sends a massive judder up all of your, your ligaments and your tendons, it's, it's going to do something eventually. Um, and sometimes if if players are maybe not honest on, on little niggles they're feeling to the manager, they want to get game time, um, these injuries obviously sometimes get worse. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a difficult one because this is what we were saying last week. You've got this catch-22 situation for the, uh, the cash cow that these pitches are for small clubs and it ensures their survival as against the, um, the, the injuries it's causing and the fact that the, the league clubs who send sides out 
you know, they, what he said, they have sort of like a moral obligation to, to support uh, a grassroots level. So they send these teams out to these places, end up with an injury list. So what do they do? Do they say, well, we're not going to play them at all? Or do they say, well, we can't risk our first team? Um, do we send you know half a dozen stiffs and, uh, and some of the academy or something? You know, what, what, what way do you think is the best way for, for them to, to go forward? Um, I think I think it's a, a tough one. I think it's down to obviously the manager in general to decide what he's looking to do. Barry's um, making me laugh now. It's not fair on air. Stop it. I'm sorry. I had the stiffs. I don't. I just object to that title. You mean the, the squad players? Reserves. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. That's, that's what. That's what I've always been called. Went, yeah. I've always I wish been I was called. one of them. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> They've I wish always I been called. St- They've always been called stiffs. Have they? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I beg your apologies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I just think it's it's, it's manager preference and. Obviously, Richie will know his squad. Um, he will know who he can potentially play and who needs to be rested coming into, obviously, the pre-season. And obviously, there's, you've got sports science and stuff like that that he'll be working with as well. So, obviously, I think it'd be unfair for me to turn around and say what I've, I kind of think in that situation because I don't know what's going on, obviously, with Richie's squad. Um, but obviously, I do know he'll be doing the best he can to obviously give the players the best chance and have a look at his options for the season moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Howard, uh, he said he's going to have to get some players in. you agree with that? Um, well, I, I, if he's saying so, I guess it's right. I just think it's leaving a little bit late in the day to start bringing players in. You know, the, the, the uh, season is a, a week and a half away uh, mm. and you're still looking to bring three <coughs> players in. It, it just seems a bit strange to me. Also, you've got the problem. If you, if, if you fill your basket now uh, and, it, you know, you find that, certain players can't play alongside certain players in 10 games time uh, and you're going to have a window coming up and you can't get anybody because your budget's absolutely blown um, so which way would the board go with this I mean would they say yeah okay you can have two or three players now or would don't you want to just get out there and start playing and see where you know once we're in competitive football see where the land lies see if we have got one or two weaknesses and then go out there and, uh, you know, in 10, 12 games' time, you'll have a proper idea of what, where, where you do need any support. Yeah, I mean, he said he's had a couple of, uh, not knockbacks, but last night he said he had, he was waiting on, <coughs> waiting on a, probably another nine, I think he said, and um, nothing had regressed, but nothing had progressed. And you think, well, if, if the guy is not progressing, surely there's got to be a, a time frame in this to get somebody <coughs> playing, because if he's, if he's going to pick his first 11 as much as he can on Saturday, he's got to fit this guy in, whoever he's going to pick up. And he, he, he still hasn't got him in. So it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, something's happened and um, we've we just got to trust what's going on. We can, all, we can all argue it and debate it and moan and groan and, and then the season comes along and say, well, they're only friendlies, who cares about friendlies because it's pre-season and we, oh, know, we know pre-seasons don't really mean much. Well, they don't count for anything, do they? Well, they don't. I mean, I've seen over the years, we've had some really decent pre-seasons and had a bloody terrible season and vice versa. Well, we've had an awful pre-season, you think, I'm not looking forward to this. And we've actually done pretty well on, I think, one of the seasons, we actually got promoted after a terrible pre-season. Mm. So, um, they and don't... the other way around, we used to win our first league match and get relegated. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It, it, <laughs> we used to always do that. A lot of it is, is, the, is the fitness of the lads to get the guys mm. fit and uh, bonding as well. And they look like they are a good unit. They look like they've bonded and they, lo- they enjoy their, each other's company, etc., etc. So, I think on the plus side of things, um, we've got to trust the regime and uh, things will fall into place. The, the thing, about, I mean, I'm talking to my son 
just yesterday and he said, uh, he knows I'm an eternal pessimist. I don't know, and he's an optimist, so he obviously takes after his mother. But um, when it comes to Orient, he, he said, oh, you've got to give it the 10 games. But I, I don't think it, anywhere in the season it doesn't matter. I, I believe in game to game because even after 10 games last season, 10 games, we were doing really well. And then we fell apart. Bristol Rovers were bottom of the league after 10 games. So mm. I don't think the 10 games and then the 20, it doesn't mean anything. You, got, you take game by game, who's fit, you play your best 11. And uh, as long as those, that, that squad do, do the business uh, game by game, we'll see where we go. Yeah, I mean, how much to blame though for, I mean, let's, let's just look at the injury situation, Danny, and say that, that the, I know when they leave at the end of the last season, the players, they get a programme of, of fitness that they never used to get years ago. Of course, players used to turn up seven, eight pound heavier than when they left and start from scratch. Nowadays, they get a fitness programme and they should be there or thereabouts when they come back. But they've had no real break this time in, in, in playing time. You know, they've had such a short interval because of this World Cup situation, etc. And so the injuries, I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of these injuries could be because they haven't had enough recuperation. Yeah, I mean, it could be a valid point. Um, I mean, you've also got to bear in mind, obviously, COVID as well, stop, start, stop, start. Um, and it's just sometimes it is down to the individual player to obviously keep themselves obviously ticking over. Um, but as you say, the um, the club would have given them sort of stuff to be working on away from obviously the pitch and and yeah I think it is down to obviously the individual player but obviously the weather as well hasn't helped um, obviously the weather had the last week or so has been absolutely terrible so the ground is also going to be really solid as well underfoot um, they can water as much as they like but obviously the weather we've had still going to dry it out and it's kind of what do we say to players it's you, you can't train I mean it's it's a double-edged sword. You need the players to train because you've got friendlies coming up and obviously you want to see how these players are doing, but ultimately you want to protect the player as well. Mm. Well, it's the same for all sides, though. So you, you, you've got a much you know, even playing field, if you want, for a bit of a pun there. But, uh, I mean, it's the same for everybody, Barry. But do you think that uh, because of this short break, we may see all sides, not just Dorian, um, you know, with lots of uh, fitness problems and injury problems a couple of three months into the season? I'm not sure really. I mean, they're professional athletes. Um, and as long as they don't, you know, hit the hit the pubs or hit the hit the food too hard, they should, you know, like you said, you get programs to stay in shape. Um, but having said that, I feel look at the racehorses. They don't race them too much, do they? They don't overtrain them and over race them. So I suppose there there is a physical limit to how many games that you you can play in a certain amount of time. Um, where was I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, some of the injuries. I mean. Who's, who's injured out at the moment there? Because when you said that number, I, I'm struggling to think. I mean, I know a couple are coming back. You, um, you've, you've got um, Big Smith, you've got Drillian, so you've got two yeah. of the forwards. Uh, uh, well, um, yeah, OK. Aaron's out for another two or three weeks, yeah. I think. Um, you've got Tom James. He's, he'll be, he'll be yeah. OK, I think. You've got, um, as well as injuries, we've got mm. suspension early doors with uh, Augie, Augie. Yeah, Cedric. Then you've got... Is that for um, that own goal he got suspended, was it? Yeah, uh, well, he would have done there, wouldn't he? Um, you got Brown. He, he's yeah. had a, he's had a, he's had a, uh, a problem. Uh, I think one of the younger lads went off, didn't he? Injured. Um, yeah. Kroomer, thank Kroomer, you. Yeah, Thanks, think, H. Because a couple have come back, like Theo and Paul. Yeah. I thought you was concluding them, but a couple um, have back already, aren't they? Vigoro had an illness, albeit. Yeah, it was just um, not really well, I think. Yeah. So. Look, I'm so not in the club, how much you, Barry, but... If we're asking that question of, like, is it to do with overtraining and pitches and stuff, if it's, like, 
if they're pulling up uh, with no tackles involved, then you, obviously there's a question there. But if it's if it's like concussive injuries, if someone gets puts a tackle in or something, that's just that can happen any time, any place. Winter, summer, hard, soft ground, anything. Don't get me wrong. I accept that, that you can get injuries at any time. I accept the pre-season's no different. But the, the the fact of the matter is, we know they're coming back after not training. So we had this last season. We've got it again this season. Yeah. So that that's my concern that there's a reoccurring. Issue like the program, in other words, to get them back yeah, in, I, to get them back in. I, I just think questions speed. should be asked. You, you, yeah. If th something was going majorly wrong in any business, you, you know, sorry to keep calling the club a business, well, you, 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 you would ask the questions, you would, <clears throat> you would be looking for answers, you would be going to the fitness people and saying, Why is this happening? Now, obviously, if that's going on internally within the club, great, I hope it is, I suspect it is, would, and yeah. clearly, they're not going to make that public either. And, no. and rightly so. So as, as a fan, which we all are, we're all looking in. We all got, you know, let's be honest, we've all got excited over the transfer business up till about two weeks ago, H. When you're, you're right, we're now trying to do our, our last bit of business in a 10-week period. And the Monker, we're all delighted to see a player of his calibre sign. Tom James, extension, yeah. Theo. So we all know, we all know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about stuff we all know. But we have got a problem, it would appear, with, with, with six, seven, maybe. Maybe I was exaggerating, Barry. Maybe it's six or seven. Mm. But it's a lot. I think you said a couple of come back. You probably were eight or nine injuries over that period. But a few it, of them are back. It, it, we, we, I don't think it's anything major either. That's not the question we're asking, is it, really? Because it's not major injuries. But Oh, I think there's enough to, for it to be a problem, personally. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a number of other factors. As, as uh, Danny just touched on with the pitches being harder than they should be. Obviously, we've been playing on, on the plastic pitches, which uh, you know what I think of them. <laughs> hate them but uh, you know we've been playing on them the, the, the limited break there's lots of factors that have come in together um, of course you're going to get injuries anyway on top of that with uh, you know people tackling etc and twisting and turning so it could be that there isn't anything wrong with the fitness regime it's just the other factors have all come into play and quite often you you you, you know you analyze some things when they're going wrong in any 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 walk of life and come sometimes you can't come up with an answer no, you really can't. I've, I've had it myself in my own businesses. Where I think, well, what are we doing wrong? And, and, and I've spent sleepless nights. And sometimes there isn't an easy answer, but but it has to be looked at. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's have a word with our guest, shall we, Mr. Danny Martin? How are you, sir? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Thanks for having on. Yo, thanks for coming in. He was the first one in. He better, better than you three reprobates. He was on time. I mean, he was, he was here a bit keen. He was keen. He literally ran through the door. Well, he hasn't <laughs> met you before, has he? No, no, no. He's probably been pre-warned. but probably, he'll probably run out the door as well, Andy, afterwards. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. So, Danny, um, one of those people with that great bio who's on, on the internet, so not a lot we can... We can Get on you now. It's all for good reason. So, Sarah, now, um, anyway, so you've been coaching for some time. So let's run past, let's run it through people who wouldn't know who you were. So Danny Martin, obviously, you've been appointed this season to uh, be in charge of the ladies' first team. Yep. So where were you when you started out here with, with uh, getting into coaching? Um, to be honest, I was injured really young, um, and I just fell in love with football. I just didn't want to walk away from it. <laughs> Um, and being told at 14 you're never going to play again um, was a tough thing to take. So for me, it was all about trying to stay within the game and just keeping a hold of a sport I love. Um, so it was started to go over, help other teams that I knew locally where friends played, and the love just kind of went from there. So 
Yeah, just went into grassroots. Um, so you're 14, you got told you... Yeah. You, I mean, I, I was terrible at football. They told me at 11. But <laughs> no, um, no, and what happened? Um, got in, so i done my ACL on my left leg. Right. Um, and so I had to have keel surgery on both knees. Um, and they told me that I would basically never play again. No, OK. And um, tried proving them wrong, and unfortunately they were right. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, knees swelling up and wasn't a good look. Okay, so so when did you take the conscious decision to say, well, I want to still be involved in football, so I'm going to have to go at this at a different angle? I think it was just at, around about sort of the age of, sort of 15, 16. I kind of kept going over watching friends play, and I just thought, I just can't play. How else can I be in touch with the game? Um, and then it was going over helping with training sessions and stuff like that. And then the main real coaching bug came when I started to um, take my son over to be coached um, and within sort of two, three weeks I was getting involved and it all started from there and yeah, it's kind of here I am now. So what, you, you were watching your son getting coached, you thought yep. right, I'm going to go on a coaching course, did you? Yep, uh, well I kind of got shoved on a coaching course by the club that he was at um, and then I was obviously running their sort of mini kicker setup, which was obviously six to sort of ten years old. Um, and I took a team from there and yeah, slowly developed them into going into uh, a league called Eastern Junior Alliance. Um, and yeah, after that, I kind of went into the ladies side with Powers and Pitsy. Um, really enjoyed my time in there and uh, that's where I met Olivia. Um, so and Bowers and Pitsy are a bit, a bit of an up-and-coming club all around, aren't they? Yeah, to be honest, um, it is quite a good setup over there. Um, I know that uh, the, the men's setup have just had a change as well as the ladies. Um, so Smallsy was the men's manager. Um, done absolute wonders over there. Um, games against Lincoln in the Cup. So there's new regimes going in, uh, obviously in the men's side as well as obviously John Levy. Um, who finished with the ladies' side as well. So I think you've got a guy called Striz got in there now. Um, it's quite a, a decent coach as well. So, yeah, there's um, a lot of stuff going on over there. Yeah, so anyway, you, you've, you've gone over there, you, you're doing the ladies there, and you've yep. met, you met Olivia how? So, funny enough, Olivia played against um, my side um, last season. Um, and obviously then when Olivia realised that I had obviously come away from Bowers and Pitsy, she got in touch and said, look, I really want to bring you into late in Orient and we had a few chats with um, Martin as well and to be honest there was a few other clubs that was interested in me like of myself going to coach and this was the one that really excited me because of the challenge and obviously trying to build something that's going to be sustainable over the seasons it's what I really wanted to get into. So how did they sell it to you? Go on you're, you know we're, we're you if you like now what, yep. did, they, what did they say to you was the, 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 the strategy and the plan? Do you want a job? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was, um, to be honest, it, it was a really good meeting when they just said that they really want to build something with the, the women's section. And, and as you all know around here, that women's football, just not just locally, but around the world, is really starting to skyrocket now. Obviously, the game tonight is going to be massive. Um, Perhaps it's going to be a really close game. Um, and to be honest, that it's just something that I, I wanted to push further into. Um, and being at a club like Leighton Orient, when you get given that opportunity, you kind of got to grab it with both hands. Um, and I know obviously there was stuff going on with obviously the previous team and obviously they're rebuilding the women's section and that when they turned around and said they want to obviously get to sort of the high levels, so sort of women's like WSL, um, that's their ambition to me that's showing a club that's looking to do that, they're ready to back it. Um, I've spoken to Nigel as well and, and to be honest, the support that I feel from just Nigel, Olivia, Martin and, and the rest of obviously the board is it's quite exciting. So you can you can be coaching at clubs and it just be singly just you. But to have obviously people that are really interested in helping you to, to actually build something, that's 
really what, what sold it for me is that having that support structure. Because, I mean, Nigel's obviously used to seeing it in the States, along with Kent, etc., and a lot of the board in the States. It's a big, it's big business. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're decades in front of, of us. Maybe Well, maybe not decades now because we are catching up, but it's certainly several years in front um, with everything over yeah. there. But they've got the crowds as well. I mean, exactly. and all of a sudden, I mean, Steve Tung went, uh, one of our um, guys here, Steve went with his uh, daughter Jo, and Jo's um, got her own business with, with women in sport, etc., and uh, they went up uh, to the international. I think last week was it? Week before, sixty-seven, sixty-eight thousand there. I mean, that's that's yeah. for people like you that and, and Olivia. That's got to be a real, you know, line in the sand, hasn't it? A, a, a sort of yeah. a, a, a moment, you know, that 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 uh, light bulb moment. You think, yep, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, it's more more importantly, I think it's for the players that actually play the sport um, that they're probably seeing finally that there's, there's a bit more spotlight coming into the sport that they love and enjoy. Um, kind of going back to myself, obviously loving the sport I was in that's led to me actually carrying on to this journey. Um, it excites you to think of the little girl that's currently watching um, the England team play on telly at the moment. A good friend of mine, his daughter's now taking up training um, with the club, funny enough, that I actually started coaching with. So it's things like that, it's the impact that these ladies have that actually starts the journeys for other young ladies to potentially fill in their boots in many years to come. And, and ideally, that's, that's what we need to be doing with the sport. It seems to be more, I don't know if that's just me, but it seems to be more family-orientated viewing-wise when you look at the crowd. Um, maybe, maybe parents think it's a less threatening atmosphere or more fam just a family-orientated atmosphere. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I just think it's... Um, it's one of those things where I think it's, it's becoming more acceptable now. I think a lot of people before were um, in a bit of denial that women's football was actually going to be any 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 good. Well, I mean, and it's had its moments yeah, it, in the past, it, to be really fair. I mean, it's come a long way yeah, quite quickly. I mean, if we'd gone back 10, 20 years, it'd have been titters all around, like, oh, giggle, 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 you know, yeah. it's, um, it's the women playing football. But uh, it, it suddenly... You know, with the right coaching and, and everything else, it's picked up and, and it's, it's leaps and bounds, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the case anymore, is it? Women's football now is, is, is taken off massively. And we were talking, Danny and I, just briefly off there. I said, I remember watching us uh, lose 3-0 against Holland. Mm. And I watched and I thought, well, oh, this is not for me. And then I watched the other night uh, the England women's team and I thought, wow, this has come on so far. And, and I think it's great. I personally, you know, mm. I, I don't think there's any any football fan who why shouldn't you know we we, well, we want this. This is I great. The thing is, I was saying to Olivia when she came in, Danny, that, that technically that there shouldn't be that much difference because I mean, you know, passing wise, etc., like that. Physical challenges, yeah, you, you know, there will be a difference. I would have thought, but um, the actual game itself and the passing ability, etc., should be, you know, if you've got eye foot coordination, you've got it. Yeah, I think as well it's it's having the opportunity for these young girls to come in and, and learn, obviously, football from a young age. And I think it would be quite naive us to think that we can have a 16-year-old potentially just go, oh, I want to go and play football and then obviously be like a, a Beth Mead like overnight. It's not, not going to happen, um, in, in my honest opinion. I think we need to give these platforms for these players to actually start off, learn the basics and just nurture them as they're going along their journey and... As long as they're enjoying the game and they want to carry on developing, I think that's where obviously we we then start looking at these next levels. Sorry, Barry, go on. Yeah, really, really sort of a straight question for you. Then is there is there any difference at all in coaching a men's, boys, women's, ladies' football team at all? Regards your approach to 
the coaching, the skills, the level, any, anything at all. I know there are physical differences we've mentioned, but does that manifest itself into the coaching in any way? Um, no, not, f not for me. Um, I still prepare myself, my sessions, the games, um, reflection the same way that I would when I was coaching boys, men. It's, it's the same way, I think. Um, that's just my sort of setup, the way I am um, as a coach. And they're, they're sort of like the, the procedure I go through every game, every session to make sure I'm doing the best for the players. Um, the only difference, if I'm honest, is through the, the sessions that I've held, I honestly think that women and girls listen more. I'm, I'm just being truthful. I do. I think that's that's really important. Not the ones I've met, but <laughs> no, sorry, that was just a, just a joke. Me being uh, having an ex-wife, but um, no, it's um, I'm just saying. Look, there's no obviously the game's the same, so tactically it's the same, um, and there's no there's no difference at all in any of the in, in the wing plays different maybe because. Men are stronger. I don't, I don't know, but you're saying that from your point of view, no differences at all. No, I mean, we, no, we, we no played the game. Differences, no, though. we played the game Sunday, um, and I set the game up exactly how I would if I was going to be doing a men's side. I think as as a coach, your main priority is to know your players. Yeah. Um, last thing you want to be doing <coughs> is trying to set up, say, for instance, playing out from the back, and your players are not confident enough to do that. Um, and that's that's the, the main priority for me. Is obviously I've. I've had these ladies now for three weeks um yeah. it's, it's been brilliant they've, they've been absolutely brilliant they've welcomed me in um they've accepted what myself olivia and chris have said we want to do this season um and as i said in a few interviews the environment for me is really key if you set the environment the pl and it's, it's, it's the same as what the obviously england setups had now they've had a new manager come in as a new environment all the players are buying into it and if you look at the england interviews that they're doing they all look like smiling like they're having fun yeah. And if a player's having fun and they're listening and they actually want to try with the, without the fear of potentially anyone having a go at them for making a mistake, they're going to go further for you. And I, I feel that that's kind of what the England team are doing and what I'm trying to produce with obviously our ladies now. Just uh, on a personal note, I used to play for my school in the districts and that. And I remember a, a friend of my dad's uh, having, a, having a girl that was into football. And I did the thing, you know, what any 12-year-old boy would do and said, no, you, you know, you're a girl, you can't play football. And she actually was playing for a professional team, although it was quite, you know, uh, rare at the time. Mm. And, uh, yeah, she, she said, OK, we'll have a game. And, yeah, I learnt very quickly. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think absolute what idiot. Yeah, she was very, very good. And there's no, no doubt about it. The game has come on loops and bounds, isn't it? What Danny said is he, he doesn't treat them any differently to as if it was a set-up with the men. And I think, you know, to gain respect, you've got to show respect. And I think that's respectful to them and mm. giving them credibility that you would, you know... Maybe language aside, uh, but the actual uh, setup of it all, uh, you're treating them exactly as you would do if it was us lot. Yeah. Uh, and and to, to me, that's uh, respectful and giving them a status to say you're as good as because I'm treating you exactly the same well, as. It's the same game, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. Well, you know, you're not patronising them. You teach, if you patronise people, you know, you get short shrift, don't you? I mean, what you've done is you've shown due respect and you expect it back. And I think yeah. you're saying they're listening to you. That's, I think, reciprocal because you've just. Said so to them, you know, I'm, I'm treating you exactly as I would do, yeah. you know, those blokes over on that field over there. No difference. And I think that's that's yeah. that's absolutely key in any preparation. Now, Olivia obviously was trying to do a lot of juggling and doing lots of work. I mean, uh, as I say, she did she did make one appearance here. I don't know what I must have said, but she's never come <laughs> back. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. She's a, she's a very nice person, Olivia. Now, what, what she she obviously had a lot of jobs to do, so. What was it, uh, you know, she said, can you do this so that I can do this or, or whatever? Um, with Olivia, obviously, firstly, I just want to say how amazing that she done. To, I mean, it, 
Olivia and, and the ladies last season. Obviously, we've got another promotion, um, which credit to them. Obviously, it had nothing to do with myself. Um, credit to the players and, and Chris and Olivia, because without their work last season, we wouldn't have something to build on in a higher division this season. Mm. Um, so, again, that's that's kind of really great news for us as a club and, and, and a team moving forward. But Olivia's obviously, you know, she does a lot with the club um, and it, she just said to me that she wants someone to come in and, and in a way head up the team. So me and Olivia still work together along with Chris. Um, so every decision that's made within the team is, is a free way. And to be honest, every every team that I've had has always been the same. Um, I'll never just go and make a decision off the back of making a, just a knee-jerk reaction. I will always soundboard it off of someone because I think especially if you've got odd numbers, there's always going to be potentially one that disagrees and you can actually get a good reason as to why. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so Olivia just wants to take not so much of a step back, but it gives her the opportunity as well. She's a great player as well. Um, so it gives her the chance to get some more minutes as well for the, for the club where she would try to balance being a player, being sort of the... The, the manager and the coach. She was going to hang up her boots before. I know, I know. That, that would have been a massive shame because um, I think she showed on Sunday that she's, she's a really good player. Um, and I'm quite lucky, to be honest, coming in with some of the talent that we have got at the club. There's a lot of young players that have really, really got some talent. Um, so, yeah, I said, Olivia kind of wanted someone to come in and just steer the ship a bit. Darren, sorry. Can I ask Danny, so we've got some good young talent. Who in particular catches your eye? And just another quick question for you, if you could not mind asking afterwards. When's our first game? So, um, going around to the talent, obviously, um, there's a, a keeper called Lola. Um, she's been at the club for a, a couple of seasons now. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. Um, mental strength is unbelievable. Um, we played, obviously, Sunday in a friendly against uh, a team from the regional league. Um, those that don't know what the regional league, that's sort of one step away from being um, sort of semi-pro. Um, obviously, for us being step six, they're um, I think they're step five, step four. So for for us going up against them in the first game, only three weeks training, um, we we did lose five nil. And even though people look at that going, that's a massive loss. For me, I don't look at results in pre-season. I look at how they are mentally. Um, obviously, the weather was blistering hot. Um, we played uh, four halves of twenty minutes, um, and the girls didn't give up once did not stop, carried on going, everything I asked them, they gave and gave more and gave more. Um, and at times we outplayed Wroxham. Um, really, really nice comments from their managers saying they didn't expect us to be able to, to play around, switch to play. Um, so there's a lot of positives for me coming in. Obviously, like the men's first team, we've got a few injuries, um, so we're getting them looked at on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it's, it's slowly getting there. So we're trying to put sort of the pieces together to be able to go ahead and start the season. We haven't got our fixtures released just yet. We've got the open day on Sunday and then we've got a friendly away to Dartford uh, the following Sunday. So have they set you a timetable for promotion here and, and how quick they expect you to be at the uh, required level? Um, there's, there's not so much pressure, um, but I think obviously it's been made clear what they would really love to be achieving. Um, I've turned and said to them that I do echo those, but for me... I don't know, again, I've said it in previous interviews, I want to try and build something that's sustainable because you can go, I mean, as you were saying with your business, it's kind of you can go and get success now, but if you've not got a goal system to maintain that success, it's never going to, going to stay there. And that's what I want to try and build with this team. And this is what, obviously, I set some non-negotiables with the players, what I expect them to be doing and which I won't allow to budge because I expect that to be done. Same as myself. Um, I've got non-negotiables towards them that 
I can't allow to differ. They have to be there um, because at the end of the day, we're all together, we've got plans that we want to try and achieve together. And ideally, the club have got an ambition. So, yeah, is um, I think next season we we do want promotion. I think that's that's quite clear. Um, we did have a um, a regional league ambition to get to this season, um, but we were unsuccessful in application. Um, but we'll just go ahead again this season, try and do the best we can in a higher league. And if we get sort of top half or even actually win the league, which to be honest, the way the girls play Sunday after three weeks uh, training, there's there's a lot of uh, potential in the squad. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, well, we were talking a little bit earlier about the pitches, you know, and the 3Gs and all of that. And uh, the O's have made this agreement with Spurs women, and I guess they're going to start this season yeah. uh, playing there. Where, where are our ladies are going to be playing? Yeah, so we're going to be um, at Buckhurst Hill. Um, that, to be fair, they've spent a lot of money on the pitches. Um, you've only got to go onto their socials. You can see they've, they're already out there putting a load of sand down, which is obviously going to basically help the pitch with the drainage and everything else. Um, the pitches look really nice. Um, I was only over there the other week. Um, we are going to have a couple of games at the stadium as well, so we've had that confirmed. Not so much the dates until the fixtures are released, um, but the club have not turned around and said, oh, well, Tottenham are coming, you're, you're not coming at the stadium to play. They've said we're going to give you a couple of games as well because obviously Tottenham's take the priority. Yeah, sorry, Darren. Yeah, what time will the kickoffs be? Um, and, and what sort of is there going to be? I know the fixtures aren't released yet. You, you've kindly told us that, Danny. So, is there going to be like a Sunday 11 o'clock? Is there going to be a, a particular time we can get along and support the ladies? Yeah, so the uh, the games will be on Sundays. At the kickoffs are always going to be at 2 o'clock. Um, so, um, I'm, I believe that it'll all be over the socials when the fixtures are released. The only thing is, I think the league um, they only released so many fixtures at a time. Um, where some leagues they'll release a full season of fixtures and just move about fixtures that need to be moved about. But um, the league we're in just kind of release sort of four or five at a time. Um, but as I say they'll be on the socials and, and so pe like, people want to come along and watch, which we'd love to see more numbers at the games. It, I know the ladies would love it. Um, they definitely deserve it with the efforts they've put in. Um, yeah, it'd be really good to have people coming over. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the thing is with this league, what happened last season, that's what we were talking about before we went on air. The, the, the ladies' side were doing so well, and they were, they were well, they're whipping sides, weren't they? 12 0, 15 0. I mean, and I said to you, in, in a way, that wasn't giving them any credibility because it was, it was a sort of farcical results. Whereas as the season progressed, all of a sudden the results started getting closer together. Yeah. Now, is that a matter of other teams getting their act, their act together and bringing in better players? Or what happened? Because obviously they missed out on what seemed to be at halfway stage um, certain promotion. Yeah, um, I, I do know that there's there's one team that brought in a couple, um, which obviously bolstered their their squad. Um, I think for us, obviously, I wasn't here, so it's it's kind of just having a chat with how last season went. I think again it was injuries. I think losing our top scorer Leanne that was quite a, a damage to us. Um, but lucky enough, she's literally ready to come back. She's um, got an appointment on the 28th. Hopefully, she gets signed back so she can start training again. Um, but yeah, I think that was a massive blow to the team losing. I know it's only one player, but Leanne was so effective last season. Um, so yeah, losing a player like that, I think, really kind of hindered the uh, the game sometimes. Yeah, and so this this new division, because like, they got, I mean, what happened? How did you get promoted after all? Because sort of we missed out, and then the next thing we read was you'd been promoted. Yeah, um, to be honest, it's it's one of those where teams will, will start to fold, where um, they they can't keep players or players don't want to be in the, the team anymore, and 
and what you find is naturally illegal try and fill the spaces um so i mean lucky for the team i mean they fully deserve it they, they've really worked hard um they actually got um i think they, they finished third last season um i think forest crusaders and afc Leighton um were top and then obviously we got the good news that we was actually going to be promoted as well so again credit to the, to the ladies and to Liv and chris because the mm. hard work's obviously paid off so as we are this season, how many divisions are you away from the, the position the club want you to get to? Um, I believe we're sort of three or four divisions away. Um, right. But the good, good thing is is that if we do well enough this season, um, obviously with results and, and obviously um, moving, holding a good league position, we may have the opportunity to have a, a more stronger case when we apply to go into the regional league, which will allow us to sort of jump about two divisions. All right. Um, so then that's kind of moving ourselves towards where we need to go. Um, the Greater London League, obviously, we're going to be um, Division One. Um, then you've got the Premier, the Greater London Premier, and then obviously we have the chance to go into the Regional League and stuff like that. How many teams in this league, um, I believe it's about twelve at the moment. So because right, they are smaller leagues, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. And yeah. is that standard, or is that as you progress up the leagues, does it get more on varied? Um, I know when, when I was at the previous club last season, there was only nine, um, and we was um, in one of the Premier divisions. Um, so I think it just. When, once everything gets secured, the fixtures are out, and then you find out who's definitely going to be in. That's when you know, obviously, you're, you're full. And how many is in like the WSL, for example? Um, I think it's around about 20 teams. So that's like the like the Premier League. Yeah. So the f further you go up the the echelons, the more yeah. kind of standardised the model gets. Yeah. yeah? Like, so obviously, yeah. the higher you, you have teams, obviously. Um, so no WSL, you only have I think it's about 12. So you have oh, okay. the likes of um, Obviously, Manchester City, West Ham, um, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. Mm. Um, but the good thing is, as well, is that um, a couple of divisions below, you have the likes of London Bees. And so you've got other teams that you naturally wouldn't associate as, like a, for instance, like a Leighton Orient, where we're obviously attached to a men's side. Some of these clubs are not. Not um, a particular so name. They're their own independent yeah. kind of, yeah. Mm. OK, well, Dan, it's been really interesting. And uh, we'll do all we can to help promote um, the, the ladies' side from here. We, you know, you can always uh, um, forward anything you want on to us and we'll do our best to get some numbers to come and watch you and uh, we'll watch with interest and we'll uh, we'll feature it in the programme every week, I think, going forward, by boys. Um, and we'll uh, keep a little section separate for... The ladies' results, and is Grace still with you? Uh, yeah, Grace it, is still with. So um, that's Sir Frank Clark's granddaughter, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, yeah, amazing uh, connection there. Yeah. And uh, well, right, just to change subject quickly before we um, come to the end of the show here, guys. Um, Dagnum on Saturday, I think <laughs> they've got delusions of grandeur, haven't they? What's happening with their their ticket situation? It's ridiculous, isn't it? You can't buy a ticket. You're not allowed to turn up on the day. Oh, You've got a pre pre order. Is it, is it me or is that ridiculous? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really don't understand this ticket. <laughs> practice these match, days. for goodness sakes. I mean, it's hardly going to be a sellout, is it? Let's be fair. There, there, there must, all I can say in their defence, there must be some reason, Andy, because oh. it's just madness. Well, you'd think they want World Cups, wouldn't you? Well, you, know, yeah, if well, you get, if you get another cup I'm of not being funny. Day, it, then great. It, it wouldn't cross your mind, would it, under normal circumstances, that a practice match is going to be... Under such restrictions, you because you're not going to even decide maybe till about eleven o'clock on the day. To think, oh, do you know what? Oh, yeah. Andy, I, did, I didn't actually know that it was uh, that's the situation. So I think we've actually done a bit of a favour to all our fans out there listening. Uh, that they yeah. now know they've got a purchase. Because most purchase. people wouldn't make a plan till the actual day on on a practice. Well, I, game. I left the decision where I'm going yeah, to know. the eleventh hour on this one, and yeah. now you've made the decision for me almost because I've got to sort out a ticket if I do want to go. Yeah, I know you. You'll go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not wrong, am I? Uh, I 
Uh, do, do you know what? Are you struggling, aren't you? I, I, yeah, I probably would end up knowing that. I know you will. I know you will. We're the same old crowd of people that always turn up these I things. look forward to seeing you at Barrow on a Tuesday night one night. Oh, I was there last uh, when we <laughs> when we played at Barrow. Was you there? Was you there on the Tuesday when we lost? We won 3-2? When we won 3-2, yeah. I was doing the commentary. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it back. Yeah. Otherwise, and, he wouldn't have been. That's what you're saying. Yeah, well, otherwise, I wouldn't have <laughs> like been. <me>. On Tuesday. <laughs> and do you know what? I, I, I got home, I think, by the time I got home, because the coach got back to Leighton, and then we had, I had to go to St. Osith. I think it was, I, I got home about 22 hours after I left the house. I, I was absolutely shattered the next day. I couldn't, I couldn't even function properly. Well, I can't function properly. At your, age, time, yeah. at your age, yeah. Well. At my age as well, age, yeah. I yeah. know, oh, I know, I know. No, no. <laughs> Never mind. No, no ageist jokes here. No baldy jokes either, right? That, Darren. What does that leave us? Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. Now then, all it leaves us time to do is to say thanks to Danny for coming in. And uh, you've, you've been great company. And uh, you was nervous before. And don't be nervous. You're good at these interview things. You're getting used to it, aren't you? Yeah, I kind of don't have a choice at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, They're throwing you to the walls, mate. It's, it's a lion's den. Get in there and Best do it. You know? That's Thank the best way. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for coming in. And uh, Howard, as usual, a pleasure, sir. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Nice to be here again. Yeah, it was. It was nice to see you. I haven't seen you for a few weeks, have we? Barry's... Uh, Barry, what can I say? Don't say anything you haven't already said before. Don't worry about it. I'm your foil, Andy. You no, like having yeah, me yeah. to have a dig at me, and I don't mind. No, I don't uh, have Strangely, a I don't mind. No, you like it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you like being humiliated or something? <laughs> we won't go there. It's, it's not the watershed you have. <laughs> and Darren, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks to you lot for listening too. We'll catch you next week uh, for another edition of the Orient Hour. Until then, from me, ta-ta. We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We're late and orient from each end like an Orient from Eton This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 The clans in Orient and so begun The old story we're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from E10 Late and Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So get nowhere we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest 
Whatever challenge, whatever test, we're like an Orion from Eternal. Like an Orion from Eternal. Like an Orion.